Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. G'day everyone, it's Matt Hannum here, and uh, with the boys today, the Simple Mind Boys. How are we, everyone? Hey, 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 hey. I'm Bridget, that. That man. man. And the men. Yeah. You I all, you all every to, hair on my chest. I'm you a all real responded boy. to boys. And I didn't. Boys to men. Were you in that band? <laughs> he was that band. <laughs> and we've come <laughs> to the end oh of the road. That's not them, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. He certainly you wasn't digress. in the band. Yeah, no, not in the band. <laughs> anyway, welcome everyone. Uh, today we have a drink from some boys and men. Uh, I'm we're drinking <laughs> a, a samurai, samurai Nippon um, sake, which came from uh, Japan. My brother-in-law uh, brought this back from Japan for me a couple of months ago, and I uh, thought, what better place to a share Samurai sake. An incredibly interesting-looking uh, bottle, and uh, I'm sure we can get this on camera, so there'll be a photo <laughs> somewhere. And, uh, That's yeah, from Canada yeah, as well. Uh, this one is uh, meant to be chilled. Yes, Kyoto as well, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy. Uh, it's a Good. little, uh, might be a little strong for Cheers. some of you boys who are not men yet. This is what has on your chest. <laughs> exactly right. Smells it smell, it smell oh, like oh. yeast. It's like yeast, isn't but it? But it's rice, right? That's where sake oh, comes is that from. What it is okay. Sake's like a rice something, rather. <laughs> oh, you meant to smash that, I think. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not oh a my goodness! I think, I think the beauty's all in the packaging on this one. <laughs> it could it's be. like vinegar. <laughs> Whoa. You have brought some shit drinks, Adam. <laughs> oh, mate. I've got a lovely gift from my brother-in-laws and they're just shit drinks. Thanks, brother-in-law. Mate, you've rolled up with a white wine, please. <laughs> was it 2008 white wine? Was it shit? No. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. It wasn't bad. But, this yeah. actually doesn't taste too different to the white wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Look, it's well, different. I think it, it needs heat. I think it's in heat. Oh, it's <laughs> chill version. Anyway. Yeah, maybe it works on you. On to the <laughs> show. <laughs> so, the show is titled The Myth of Millennial Entrepreneurs. Now, the last uh, five weeks or so, <laughs> we've had some pretty heavy topics on masculinity, responsibility, parenting, and I thought we might lighten the load by talking about a bit of business. Um, but more specifically, I guess, what maybe some of the generations are doing. Uh, I read an article recently by David Meltzer, and it was on entrepreneur.com and it was titled, Sorry Millennials, You're Not Entrepreneurs. He wrote that the editor of millennial magazine, Britt Heisen, Heisen, claims that 60% of millennials consider themselves entrepreneurs, 60%, and 90% recognize entrepreneurship as a mentality. However, the truth shows that millennials are full of shit. <laughs> the number of people under 30 who own a business has fallen We've by 65 millennials in this room though? Oh, with two. Jay, yeah, there's three. two. Who, three. Own, three. who own businesses? You fucking muppets. Who own businesses. So 65% you full of shit. since the 80s. And it's now a quarter of a century low, according to the Wall Street Journal. Quarter of a century low is pretty significant. In fact, the average age for a successful startup founder is about 40. And according to uh, the Kaufman, well, that's according to the Kaufman Foundation. This group also cites that your 40s are the peak age for business formation. Boom. Yes. With at High least five, six Conrad. to 10 years of relevant industry experience. 
was older. Like 15 years ago for you yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> for formation, mate. Still um, being born. Older entrepreneurs have an uncanny ability to see the need and improve upon a product or service based on practical knowledge. They also have bigger and more savvy business networks to draw from, which is an important point, I think, to note. There has only been one group with rising entrepreneurial activity in the last two decades, and that's people between 55 and 65. So it's not millennials, but actually the baby boomerpreneurs that are growing our country's economy. This is talking about the US, but I think this would be common for Australia as well. Um, even further, uh, a successful high growth company is twice as likely to be started by someone over 55 than 20 to 34. Yeah, shut your businesses, bitches. Well, here's my big question. What age were you when you, st- well, I've got a few questions and we'll hit um, a couple of hard hitting ones soon, but what age were you when you started your business and what compelled you to take the chance is where I wanted to start. This business, or when I went into business, I was 29. Started your first business. Yep, I started with, well, without the ones that I was peddling when I was stealing stuff and getting coined for that. But my first legitimate <laughs> were, business. Were you in network marketing? <laughs> <laughs> um, Selling Tony Robbins cassettes. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. We love you as well. We love you, MLMers. Um, no, vinyls back then. Hell, mate. No, um, 29. 29, 30. 29? No, sorry, I lied to you, 31. When I started my first business. Why? To be brutally honest, I wanted to get away from the grind at the corporate world I was in. I was at the, the bank, um, start my own, take more control over my income and how I use it and how I split that. And um, it's a Tony, or it was a, sorry, a Robert Kiyosaki um, book, which is poor dad, uh, as well as a multitude of other. Um, personal situations being being a single dad also drove more flexibility for me being in business um, with all that type of stuff so yeah probably not the best motivations to do stuff but none motivations nonetheless I was the same age yeah 31 you said 31 how can you lost your hair then because I'm now 45 <laughs> and I'm going to receive it I was 31 and I started the business as a kind of Oh, it was because of the young young family had. So we had Emma, who was four years old at the time, and Sam would have just been born, so a year old. And Joanne was working full time, or started working full time, and I ended up working from home and had a couple of good contacts from from work that I'd been doing for the last couple of years, and ended up with a big corporate that we did some corporate work for, and started started there. So it was a very slow process and it, it, that was the main decision interestingly though that first business i had did blow up inside pretty much a year a year and a half what do you mean as in <clears throat> the um the forming partners separated after a year i went into sole practice for a while and then wound that up so when you're talking about 2034 by the age of 33 i probably was back looking for work yeah, okay. inside a corporate yeah 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 whereas the lifestyle side for me we were just it just suited what we were doing at the time and yep. i took it easy and worked for myself for well, pretty much until last year, really. Oh. Until I've now got Victor on board. I've had part-time people throughout the throughout the, the years. But um, so, yeah, a little but, bit. It wasn't like a big decision to start a business. It just sort of happened that way. And Everything, took, everything took you put in here, though, I've experienced in a sense that, you know, and then I've got this business, that I'm, well, the main business I've been at the moment. Um, you know, I've learnt the lessons from the previous failures, um, which were, you know, there was two failures before this one. <clears throat> and... You're right. Your your networks are better. You you grow as a person. You ask bigger questions. You're not ashamed or embarrassed uh, because you know at the end of the day you you fail twice. If you want to go through it again, then be as ignorant as you want. Um, and so all of those lessons have come through to where I am today and hold real stead. What you said exactly. I tick those boxes like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. Jamie, 
Uh, I was 24 when I started my business. Um, why did I start? Well, when I actually look back, it was kind of pushed in some aspects. Um, so what happened? Well, I was always passionate about 3D, which is what my business is uh, now. Um, and I was actually trying to set up uh, this 3D business within the company I was working for previously because it was a startup. And they kind of didn't believe in it and didn't think it was going to work. But then I guess just momentum and things started to fall in place. Um, and I was already working with property developers and, um, and whatnot. And um, what happened was I started to get a couple side gigs and uh, what actually happened because I was kind of the team lead there, they were gonna, res uh, they weren't doing so well at the business and we're gonna uh, make someone redundant. And the one individual which they consulted with me that was gonna be was the only individual in the team that had a family. And um, at the time, I was pretty uh, not that tied down. And so and I had this thing going and I kind of uh, volunteered to uh, resign to go start because I was getting starting to get the work. I was already working like another 40 hours on top of my normal 40 hour week. Um, so it was just a matter of timing in actually some aspects. Um, and I resigned uh, to try and save uh, that guy. But in the end, I won't go, that's another story for another time, but I ended up getting uh, everyone sacked anyway. But um, uh, that's kind of, and then from there, it was more of a passion play. I kind of always wanted to be my own boss in some aspects. Um, ever since I started work, I always kind of wanted to be the top. And so that was good. And then started to get more work, hired people. And then when I had my first hire, that really changed everything for me because I realized there were a lot of people who were also passionate about what I do because I do a very selective niche. And um, yeah, I think it was just a combination of ambition and uh, timing. Cool. How old were you, Hayden? 19. 19. I started to get paid to do what I loved and that was it. I started getting more jobs doing photography and I'd finished studying uh, I did two years of a three-year diploma I'd got my diploma I just didn't do my advanced diploma it didn't really interest me doing an exhibition so I went out I had enough contacts already I'd started working still living from home so didn't have a care in the world uh, and off I went never looked back too easy Jacob uh, 25 when I started um the kind of major business I'm in now. I'm 28 now, so it's about three and a half years ago almost. Um, main reason I started, I never had a, a full-time job. I was always either studying at school, then I went to uni, and then I realized that um, I was down a path to become an engineer, didn't want to pursue that, so I didn't finish that degree, studied fitness online and overnight, um, at nighttime, sorry. Um, and then my essentially my first fitness job was kind of boot camp stuff and that eventually became the gym so i've never actually worked for someone else in my current field um just always wanted to be my own boss and have that freedom and um it's an ironic thing as you guys all know there are aspects of running your own business where you do have a lot of freedom there are aspects where you certainly don't but um but i just yet yeah, always wanted to to be in. so i'm kind of one of these yeah millennial entrepreneurs it's part of the i guess 60 percent. but entrepreneurs a funny word and we'll probably get to that at some stage is that 
anyone these days thinks that just if you own a business you're an entrepreneur but historically that's not necessarily the case like if you own multiple businesses or you're an entrepreneurial person it means you're moving from venture to venture or you're uh, like a serial business owner like if you own a corner deli or if you're a um, sort of single man photographer or graphic designer you're essentially not, you're not he's got a couple of businesses no, yeah you're not. that's what i mean that that doesn't mean i don't i currently don't consider myself an entrepreneur it'll only well be you are one. according to these stats because this is talking yeah. about company formation so it's a u.s sure. based bunch of stats and i actually got across this from a person who sets hey, up a business hey, or businesses hey, Matt, where did you start? financial risks in the hope of profit yeah i'm getting there yeah Exactly. But the reason I got onto this was I was listening to Tim Ferriss speak with the founder of um, Shopify. And he was talking about, obviously, Shopify, e-commerce store that's scaling at a large level. They're very interested in the growth of, you know, at what age are people starting businesses and what does it look like? But, yeah, so I was I was 25. So it's interesting that we have, you know, we have a 19, we have a couple of 31 issues, and then we sort of all more or less sit within about a five-year period apart from you, Trav, who's a bit of an outlier there. But I was 25 and mine was born out of slightly different approach. I'd done a lot by that point. I was working full-time from 19. Yeah, whatever. Well, it doesn't, just because Trav's younger doesn't make him better, right? You can't see what's been going on in the room. But Conrad was giving me the wank sign. He was. <laughs> anyway, um, Conrad was a bit older, so... You know, oh, I'm sending out badges. That's it. Um, so I was, <laughs> look, I was 25. To, Conrad's got plenty to give. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a bit of a health crisis at that point. I got sick. So let's start a business. <laughs> well, I did. Fucking hell. I, I hit fucking rock bottom <laughs> and I started it. Well, I went and it took, probably took that much for me to take the action that I needed to take, which was to start a business and do things differently and take control and, and take take control of my time and what I'm doing and, and, and find passion and purpose in what I was doing. And I Throw yourself into more stress starting a business. <laughs> basically, exactly that. But, what was the business? I, I don't know. Well, my first business was a was construction, was a, was a fencing company where oh, I no. saw an opportunity. I actually looked at one to buy or to try and get some funding to help buy for several hundred thousand. And I was like, I can build this pretty quickly. Um, and uh, sort of proceeded to do that from, from zero. Um, and you've stayed on the fence ever since then? Zero to hero. <laughs> I, um, I did not. I sold the fencing company. Um, but what my question or my next sort of question is to you guys, the odds are, like you know the numbers, it's like 95% fail within five years. Yeah. And can I, can if, I just ask one question before you go into those numbers? Sure. Would you consider your first venture a fail? No, I'm still doing it, so hopefully it's not a failure. Same, same name and everything? No, actually it's not. It's a different name, but... just Was that just a cosmetic? It, it was, it, MD Design was the name of the first business, yeah. and I just I needed to to get away from my name, number one, even though it's not my name, but MD, Michael Duncan Design. I wanted to get away from design, being sort of... Uh, I wanted to get into the creative space and allow a little bit of growth there, which we have done over the last five years and really expanded services into the digital realm, so... Is that just a pivot rather than a failure? Yeah, it wasn't a failure. It was that's, a, that's the, a the bit, that's, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's a, just a, a net brand change, I suppose, yeah. um, which would know. allow for a little bit more scope. Do you have any failures? Did you did you fail um, in the fencing business? Or? Every single one of my businesses effectively failed at some point, but I, I never, right or wrong, I never stopped. I understood and had a lot of experience in insolvency, uh, and I knew <laughs> yeah, how to yeah. what or what where not to get, and I was able to I was able to turn them like the fencing business 
effectively failed and it's because I just lost sight of all the vision. And then I flipped this vision and said, all right, I'm gonna build this to sell. And I spent 12 <coughs> months restructuring everything I'd done to provide solid numbers so I could sell it. And I ended up getting an exit, Bankwest funded this guy into it. And I would, like, no one, yeah, really sell those businesses. <laughs> the purpose to sell was more valuable than the purpose to actually have a valuable business. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to run it. I because I at that point I was still getting lost in the like I have to absolutely love every little piece of the business. <clears throat> I loved business, but I didn't love what we were doing. And I've now over a few businesses just learned to love what I'm doing all the time. It doesn't really matter what the output is. Um, okay, so I haven't had a failure as such, although every one of my businesses has definitely been in a failure position and I've chosen to push through and make something of it um, or, or make the best out of it rather than, I have I have wound up a couple of businesses have been deregistered and technically my <coughs> property development company has just sat dormant for about four years. Is that so, waiting to well, become begin a rebirth it, it will stage. in some way shape or form but i wouldn't consider that a failure i just haven't put an extra project on and, and started that but um i've certainly had my fair share of failure along the way but in the collective term not an actual failure okay we need to define the failure here there's no failure there is failure what's the failure like no i think failure i think you can be failing I've literally Failing. had to wind up businesses and actually winding up the is country. a different story. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> yeah, winding up is a different story. For me, it's two failures. Yeah, I quit, and yep. let's say I don't have enough money. I have to go and place the the entity in in its, like an insolvency practitioner's hands and liquidate it. Or let's say I'm working for my personal, you know, through an ABN, and then I might have to go bankrupt. That that to me is a hard failure, and a soft failure is. I've shut up shop, I've gone home, I've got a job, and I, I'm dealing with that 100 grand that I've, like, I'm still carrying. So you've done all of them? Are they? Like I haven't done that. I haven't done either of them, actually. But I've had a position where if anyone looked at my books as an accountant or otherwise, or looked at the financial positions, they'd say, <laughs> you are done. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. more than done. And that, yeah. I've definitely been in that position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wasn't done. I, there, there's always a way. There's always a tomorrow in some way, shape, or form. Um, so my biggest, well, my question to you is if that, if we know that 95% of our businesses will fail, what is your exit strategy? Uh, and if we're likely to be, you know, do you think you could be one of the stats of a, the 40 to 50 year olds that start up a higher growth business and, and achieve that? And what does that mean for where you're at today and your current business? I'm just on the journey still with my business in its little reiterations along the way. So I'm leaving it as it is and letting it, I don't have an exit strategy. I probably have to look up exactly what the definition of a proper exit strategy is. I'm not or, thinking about exit strategies. Are you strategies. just going to shut it down when you turn no, 65? No, no, no. I, I've not thought that far ahead. No. So um, I might be a bit different in the way I've approached the business and just let it organically serve the family and serve myself and number one serve the clients and that's always been the focus is just purely client focus i've got much better recently from a financial point of view looking at numbers working out what needs to happen to reach the budgets which has helped <coughs> tremendously a good accountant um but yeah i suppose i'm not in a traditional i'm not i don't see myself as an entrepreneur definitely not um I, that word kind of always gives me a little bit of a shiver that sort of because there's a lot of 
wank associated with it, I suppose. But you're an entrepreneur. Um, By definition, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll have a small badge on the inside of my jacket that I won't show anybody. But and in, um, in this instance, I'll, I'll say that what they were talking about or where this is fueled from is like companies started. So you actually have an entity. Yeah, right? yep, yep, and yep. that. So I think there's a lot of people that are, say, freelancers and doing other things. And what I think this is talking about are these millennials that are like, yeah, I'm a boss. Yeah, 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 and yeah. They, they might Got be nothing. making a few yeah. dollars here and there, but they haven't actually formalized an entity and, and make yeah, it. Yeah. They don't have a company. Yeah. So I think you are, like in this context, definitely, and I see why you might not like the entrepreneur yeah, word, yeah, that's but in this yeah. context, it's talking about you have an actual company. It's a separate legal entity. And it's um it's a business. Yeah, in the in the, ba- yeah, in the banking yeah. world, when I where I where I cut my teeth, um, you, if you ever came across an application with entrepreneur on it, you pretty much <laughs> wrote it off because no no one made money. Yeah. Um, you know that, that's anyone that labels themselves entrepreneurs generally didn't make money. They when the label was bestowed upon you, you're in, you're you know that's what people tended to accept it from time to time. So. That's interesting with saying the age sort of thing. Because a lot of the biggest companies in the world just now, I mean, Shopify, number one, um, were started by guys like, I mean, uh, Stripe as well. Dude was freaking 19 or something. I mean, these are extraordinary cases. Yeah, there's only a few of them. That's there the is, thing, but they are some of the biggest companies. Yeah. have actually These days there are, yeah. Some of the, some started of the by some of the youngest yeah. guys, but probably in the medium space. But they've had iterations, right, too. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. the and, other part and, of it. And they've probably had mentorship through older people as well and have done things right. Um, the interesting guy is that Jason Freed from um, Basecamp. Yeah. He's been on Tim Ferriss a couple of times. And fried. Fried. <laughs> I call him Fried. Freed, Fried. Um, he talks a lot about, he doesn't follow a vision. He just lets his business- bullshit, man. Well, that's, I mean, what, that's his, where he comes from. He, he must have a vision for the, the clients and the business and the product. The experience but he, he must do, because it's such a great product. But there's an, I think his latest interview with Tim Ferriss, he talks about, he puts aside that sort of bullshit goals, vision stuff and business plans. And he obviously has plans because he has got a successful business and he's got structure around it. But mentally, he doesn't hold himself to that stuff and concentrates on the now and the product and making it the best product possible. So I thought that connected a little bit with me and just sort of concentrating on. I I, I, I call bullshit on that. I mean, he... Anyone that would manage a business of that size would have people around him that that would be telling him what he can and can't do. Yeah, he's still anyway. Got, yeah, he's still got a small smallish team though that he uses. And he'd have um, a board. He'd have a board. Yeah. He'd have a government. Oh, I don't board. know. Yeah. I'd have to check. He would have a board. He also uh, has a completely remote team. So <coughs> yeah, that yeah. a remote team needs far more diligence in just how they operate and their planning and everything else. Yeah. So it might not be as working from the house. I'm just saying from a mentality point of view, he's got to, kind of got that. He's he's working on the business and not looking too. Yeah, structured you know, in the traditional I, company I would, vision sense. I, I would say that he's done it. He's happy with where it's at. He hasn't had to come back and repeg it. He's communicated that. There's structures and systems and process to to echo that. And he's just now come back to work on what's in the business. Yeah, well, I'm just going by the interview that he. I'll have to revisit it. Actually, I keep meaning to to yeah, listen I mean, to it because that struck me when he said it. It struck me when he said it. Like, okay, that's interesting. So, well, the the corporate governments alone need you to have that. You know, that's so in a, in a business that size. But I mean, I. I uh, this was a super interesting article that you posted. Like, I think given these days with Instagram and you know a lot of the self help stuff out there is, and like, um, oh, what's the movie about Mark Zuckerberg? Um, Facebook. Yeah, the Facebook one, and um, it's very hyper kind of centralized being an entrepreneur and like you know um, the cash and jets and stuff on the gram, and there would be a general sense that a lot of 20 to 30 year olds are 
creating and starting businesses but for this to come out is like yeah okay but then when you look within say um your peer group of say everyone you went to school with and you're like uh, actually the stats are probably uh correct in that regards like um you know there's not that many people uh that like i used to go to school with um there'd be a very small percentage um which is crazy um but with the exit strategy yeah i think when it's a passion play you've got to really reconsider at some point and then um like for myself I've been kind of bruised along the way. So my ambition started out or vision, as you could say, was extremely big when I started out because I guess there was a naivety there around what could be achieved and what I could do. And then you kind of go on the journey and you get a few cuts and grazes and, and bruises and it does fuck with your mental toughness a little bit. And so that vision kind of sometimes gets smaller and smaller. Well, that was the case for me anyway. And I've had to really revisit that lately because we held a conference uh, a couple of weeks ago and there was a lot of talk around where our industry was heading. Um, and I guess it's, you know, I think a lot of people also start businesses for the wrong reasons, like start for that kind of glamour of like, yeah, we're going to grow it and then they're going to get funding investors and then flip it. And we're going to have beanbags in our yeah, glass. Yeah, beanbags in our fucking <laughs> glass office. office. <laughs> Well, actually, one um, of the things that just to cut in that I it was yeah, thinking of that conversation on the Tim Ferriss podcast was that's mostly bullshit. Again, that's a tiny element of people that get funding. So the majority of businesses that started and certainly one of the challenges for millennials <coughs> is post GFC, a lot of their family have lost net worth. So what's happening is most businesses, if they needed a little bit of funding, were typically funded from personal savings and from some family support whereas a lot of that's dried up the whole like get my vc and crush it with millions and have my burn rate is just not it's only a small section of the market right so they they they've lost all that there's opportunities are actually fewer for them which is part of the challenge but do you also think coming back to what we talked about uh, the other week around like grit because like we just live in a society now where like things are really comfortable um you can make a, a decent dollar and live really comfortable um that if these stats are true is influencing a lot of people not taking the risk like because the desire and the ambition is not strong enough like you know i look at um say even my crew and they get a comfortable like wage and they're they're like they're living well and like people are staying at home longer as well like living with the parents like until they're like late 20s and really kind of abusing it in a way and so you're seeing the rise of and i'm sure conrad has a huge exposure to this space where you know people are spending more money because they're making more money but they're comfortable as fuck yeah i think there's a big trend I'm not sure about it right now, but back four or five years ago when I was in the, I guess the startup space before I started my kind of big venture at the moment, is that a lot of people were more than happy to take the risk using other people's money. They weren't willing to put in the work and bootstrap it themselves or they were like, well, we've got this idea and an idea is worth nothing really. And they'll go and they'll get investment and then they'll burn cash until they get the next investment. And that's a mindset that, a lot of people took into it and I was just kind of 
get funding, fail, oh, it's not my money, move on. I've had my failure, I've learned from it, I'll get more funding. And that's what was great about that kind of the Googles, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, all these businesses came out of that fearlessness of kind of having an idea, kind of getting some cash and running with it. But also a lot of, for the, all those 0.1% that succeeded, there'll be 99.9% that burnt people's money who didn't succeed, who we never hear about. Yeah. So what's also crazy is like, there's actually like so much opportunity at the same time, more than, than ever. Um, so it seems. So yeah. what about your exit then? I don't currently have an exit strategy. One, because I really only just started the business three years ago. Two, because I just perceive myself to be too young and the, the business is too young to consider it. Um, three, because I don't want to have a plan B. I think mentally it's just kind of full steam ahead. And now especially I, I feel I've dug myself into such a deep hole that a plan B to like wind it up um, I just don't think about um, that could be a weakness and it could be an issue like how deep does the hole go before you kind of do need to consider an exit strategy but, and but what about an exit strategy that has you actually making money yeah and that's like exactly like Matt's story I know that we're in a hole at the moment but I'm still taking action I'm still moving forward and year on year we've improved and next year or essentially in the next six months we'll kind of get to that tipping point and therefore I look at the data and I go every year revenues improved we're only just short of profit now and that's turning around at the moment and therefore I know that my exit strategy is not leave the business but just keep working hard, pursue it for two to three more years and then that'll all be reversed. So, Do you think like the exit strategy psychologically for yourself would, what you focus on, laws of attraction would- 100%. Would keep, yeah, would make you degree, like questioning obviously straight away that I'm getting out of the business yeah. or- where are you playing with yeah, the business? Yeah, my exit so. strategy is just keep working hard. It'll turn around. We'll that's make an profit. Strategy. That's, no, that's so a management strategy. So at, when you're 65, yeah. like, you think you're going to be running Movement Co and Aussie Park doing that? I don't think so. I think due to the nature of fitness, it goes through cyclical trends and therefore we'll have to pivot and change. I don't think we'll be able to run our current model indefinitely and especially if I'm only 28 now at 65. No fitness trend lasts 40 years um, and therefore I'll... As long as I, my exit strategy is just to reinvent and change or to sell out and go into a VR-based gym or find, like if I, I'm clever enough to know when it's had its day and move on, my exit strategy will be to to not let it just die. I don't think your goal is strong enough to get you out of the hole or what you're focused on at the moment. At 16, I said to myself, I want to be retired at 50. And I knew that I had to be retired at 50. Well, I knew that to retire at 50, watching my mum and dad grow up, take care of three kids, they earned 50 to, if I was even saying 50 to $60,000 a year, that would be overstretching. That was what the family household income was. And I knew what that number was at 16. And when I, and I'm, I'm in that position where I'm 47 at the moment and I can afford to do that. I don't know how I've got there other than the fact that I knew what those numbers were. Yep. And... The, the goal has to be fucking real. It has to stretch you um, and you've got to be aligned. I don't think you have to see it every day, but you've got to know what you're aiming for. Otherwise, everything else just distracts you. The balance sheet will distract you. The bank account will distract you. Yeah. Right? To, to go from having 20 the bucks. The will distract you. Yeah, the, go from having 20 bucks, literally $20 when I was fucking 39 to where I am now. 
the only thing I can tell you is the conversation I had when I was 16. Nothing else would fucking give you the indication I was going to ever get, get there. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've, in the last few months, had to really reconsider, like, what is the, the, the end game? Because, like, in my space, in a, in a creative space or a passion space, a lot of people just keep doing what they're doing because they're good at it. And they actually, again, um, like their self-esteem and their ego is wrapped up in that they're just good at that thing and it, it just naturally grows over 10 years. They don't really know what they're doing other than just going through the motion and they're getting paid for it. And so the, where does the business go? And sometimes it can be almost, I think, uh, a lack of responsibility if you have a couple staff. Um, and not only that, if you actually have a good product and you, you have, you've mastered a skill, if you just let it die, that's a little bit selfish in some aspects because you, you could pass that skill on or enable the next gen to come through and, and take it over. Because I think there was a conversation many times and Matt, you were in that space. Like like a lot of businesses, sometimes like when they get to, they just shut shop, right? Because yeah. they don't know what to do with it. They haven't built something that's saleable. And they just they milk some income out of it and then close it, which is because everyone talks about fucking legacy. But I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I always say this, and I've said, I think I've said to you guys, you know, probably at breakfast recently. You know, we're we're all in the game of running a business. The skill set you have doesn't ne- doesn't define you higher than that because you're responsible to the business, to that entity. Your skill set is just your job. All right, if we're going to define ourselves as creators, as photographers, above and beyond being an owner of a business and the responsibility to go with the business, you're going to set yourself up for a fucking trip. Because having a business has responsibilities that you have to take on. All right? You're not, you're not just a PT. You're a business owner in yeah. the game of physical fitness. Yeah, and my role and responsibility is probably 90 plus percent business and like fitness is a, and being a coach is a part of what That's I do. That's your product. That's yeah. your product. But you have a business and the business means you should know your numbers, you should know your ratios, you should know the actions that everyone that you're employing should be doing, including yourself. Yep. And if it's not successful, then you've got to come back to those leads, which is, well, what needs to be done that isn't being done? That's the business. Now, we can delude ourselves as much as we want, right? You're in the business of graphic design and and digital whatever, Michael. That's pretty much how I define it as well. Okay, but you're in the business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. so you're responsible to the, the, the issues that businesses have to deliver on. Definitely, yeah. Okay, you're now responsible to a staff member. Yep, which has been a big step for me. All right, so you know, they're the things. Though, I keep saying this to people, like I show up for my staff and my team. Because if I don't do that, I'm not being responsible in business. Yep. You know, if I run my balance sheet ignorantly, I'm not being responsible in business. I mean, apart from, as you would know, running an insolvent, insolvent business is a criminal offence. Mm-hmm. Sure is. Most people don't see it that way. No, they don't. But it is a criminal offence. And if you don't look at these things as the responsibilities you have, then should you actually be in business? And I went through that the hard way. I had to learn. I didn't learn that through fucking MBA school or or, or any sort of. I learned that by having two failed businesses and one that went into liquidation. You know, and then what right do I have to go and start another business after I just fucking liquidated one? Well, I did. But see, that's not uncommon. And I I think you need to learn a lot of that on, like you can't textbook a lot of that. Um, It's even the experience I had in insolvency accounting was 
a whole different world when I was out there doing it as the person responsible, not the person standing there with the Corporations Act behind me telling people what they could and couldn't do and how to how to go about it. Um, we had a very strict guidelines on how we had to trade businesses. We had very strict guidelines on it. Um, if it didn't make a profit for like two days, we had to shut it. Yeah. So we had really strict guidelines. That guidelines that most of us, if we applied to our business, we would sh- have shut our doors one hundred hundreds of times over. Seven um, times in a week. In a yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is scary. But so the point is, like, probably a bunch of businesses in this room will fail. Probably, but that's okay, time. and it is okay because, because that's another, the way you're meant to learn. If chance. you don't learn when when you've got it, or you're not valuing the experience, then the universe, divinity, God, whoever, the Muppet Show will shove it down your neck. Yeah. So, Hado, I wanted to ask you quickly because I think you're only one that hasn't really answered. We yep. know Conrad, you're working on an exit at this point anyway. Yep. Um, and then I wanted to just wrap up with the question: like, What should millennials do? So, if you just want to let us know. Yep. Uh, so. For anyone that doesn't know, I have two businesses. First one being uh, I'm a freelance photographer. Uh, no real exit strategy on that. I can see myself doing that in some capacity for a long time. Uh, Pewter, uh, I'm manufacturing that into a sellable product. Uh, my exit strategy is to sell it. Um, that's uh, already in the pipe pipeline. Um, whether if I sell it in 12 months or three years, um, I have a goal. Um, but yeah, we'll see from there. What millennials? What, can I can I ask you? Are they based on profitability numbers or what? What's the to sell it? Yeah. Um, well, because I took it from nothing, I want to just sell it for a, a profit. Uh, for have you, a, have you put a number on that? Yeah, I have. Okay. So to sell it for a certain amount of money, that's my that's my goal. So yeah. a number, so a top one profit number. Yeah. And a time frame. Yeah. So that's the goal. Yeah. All right. And how often do you reflect on that? a lot because <laughs> it's fast approaching yeah. um, the question of millennials I say do it because you can't be in a successful position to succeed in your 40s and 50s if you haven't had the experience and the opportunity to learn from your failures failures in your 20s and 30s because if you're if you're going to sit there and not do anything and sit on your hands until you're 40 and 50 are you really going to succeed in your 40s and 50s? Because I can guarantee you there's there's going to be a hell of a lot of businesses that still fail in your 40s and 50s. That would be my... my <coughs> yes, I mean, the, the number I'd love to know is how many of those that are successful in that time frame have come from failures yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah. That'd be good to know. Can biz- I quickly add, like when I went to start um, my business, I had a phone call with my granddad who ran a business and sold it and he exited and uh, he goes to me, how old are you? And I go, 24. And he goes, what the fuck are you like worrying about a decision? He goes, you can fuck it all, start it and fuck it all up and just start again. Yep. You'll be like 20, yeah. you'll be 25, you know? So like to me, that was almost the nail in the in the coffin for me to pull the, the trigger. I was like, oh yeah, you know, like that kind of comfort that you can just go again. You don't see it like that though. I mean, in the moment, I know I never saw it like that. I saw it was a big smack in the face. Um, well, the first time, the, 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 the last time it happened, um, I saw it as an opportunity and went straight into opportunity mode. Like the, from the first fail business to the next business venture was a few years that I, I, I had to get through the self-doubt, the lack of belief, all that other negative bullshit that, <clears throat> that when I went through it all um, to you know, get to the, the level of comfortness within myself to, to take it all on again. Because again, it was accepting responsibilities of getting back into business. 
Um, and did I want them? And did I want to get them away from the lifestyle I recreated for myself for it? Yeah, I guess because business is a skill set in the same way that whatever your skill that you're turning into a business is a skill set. Whether you're 20 or 40 or 50 or 60, you may be a skilled lawyer, you may be a skilled photographer, you may be a skilled uh, graphic designer, for example, but you still then need to learn the business skills. So if you've been working for someone else within their business for a period of time, you're still going to have to go through that learning curve and whether the when you're 20 or 25 and you're unmarried you haven't got children you haven't got a mortgage that's the perfect time to kind of to try it to go through those couple of failures to learn that skill set and then you can apply it granted too many young people start a business before they actually have a skill set. you can't start a photography business before you're a photographer for example um so you, you kind of need some skills to build on but um yeah when you're young is the perfect chance yeah just to, to build on that and if you're fearful of that then get close to someone who's doing it um that's another way you can at least get yourself closer to the needle you know get yourself a job understand and respect that you might be earning a little bit less more a little bit less than you might somewhere else but get get in a position where you can understand what it looks like you know closer and that that's still a very viable approach um and then that might give you the confidence to make a start next time and uh and then you yeah you might hit 50 and 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 start again i, I yeah. think there's probably multiple people in this room that will you know start a business again i mean my i didn't really share my my piece but look my current goal is i've got a three year three year window till i turn 40 and then i have a choice to either sell to look at a management type buyout of some staff members or retain. And what I want to do at that point is do more investing. So I want to reduce my time within the business. That my target is three years. And but I don't I don't have a specific sort of exit plan other than I have a few variables and I'm putting a time frame on it. So I'm not just sort of sitting there. I have a, a purpose to get it ready to a point by then. But anyway. That's it for the episode. Thank you, gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed your sake. It doesn't appear as though you were ready for it today. It tasted, I think by the time I actually warmed it up, it ended up tasting like coconut water. Oh, that's probably a good thing. Well, I could drink coconut water. alcoholic cold coconut water. I'm but sure there's a market for that. I reckon there is. check with Bacardi. Oh, they got coconut? Well, it's kind of... Anyway, whatever. <laughs> All right, that's, that's it for the episode. If you're listening on iTunes... Please leave a review. That would be amazing. Um, we're also on Spotify, YouTube, and in many, many other places. Seriously, just Google us at Simple Minds Podcast. Would they find us handles. if they simple minded us? If they, if they, they should be able to find us if they just Google at Simple Minds or Google Simple Minds Podcast. Uh, and Something will you'll, pop up. You'll, you'll find many things in many places and have a listen, have a like. Yeah. Please share. Look for the um, orange. Look for the orange, uh, the orange or the orange and white logo. Please share with a friend. Uh, we do this show. We, put, we invest a lot of time into it, and we hope that you you get a lot out of this. And we'd love uh, if you would be kind to us and share it with someone that might want to hear. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Yes. Pleasure's been all mine. Okay. No. <laughs> See Champagne. ya. Champagne. No, not really. <laughs>